Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 14th of August, 2023, the 27th of Av, 5783, coming to you from Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. And unfortunately, the weather here is top story, an extreme heat wave throughout Israel, which began on Sunday and is continuing here on Monday. And with that news, uh, tragedy has struck. The Jerusalem Post reported here just a few hours ago, an IDF soldier died during a training exercise overnight between Sunday and Monday in the midst of the current heat wave. The soldier was on a training path through being an engineering combat soldier in the Yahalom uh, brigade was in the middle of a nighttime drill. Due to the intense heat wave, the drill for soldiers had been delayed and they had been able to relax during the daylight hours. I'm talking about temperatures over 100 degrees through many parts of the country. Unfortunately, uh, from initial reports, apparently it was still too hot during this training exercise and and, uh, and an IDF soldier uh, died uh, during training during this heat wave. So just just horrible, horrible news uh, to start uh, this week's show. At this point, it is not for publication who the soldier is or where he is from. I actually have that information, but I cannot reveal it at this time because of the sensitivities. Uh, Just terrible news. Uh, May his family have comfort. Um, May they never know of such sorrow again, but just, just a horrible, horrible tragedy. Uh, Moving on to, uh, as hard as it is, moving on to other news here. Israel National News uh, reported today that the Shin Bet, Israel Security uh, Services, have foiled an attempt attempt to kidnap an IDF soldier in the Binyamin region. As part of the Shin Bet's cooperative operations with the IDF and Israeli police, nine PA Arabs were arrested on suspicion of involvement in the creation of a Hamas terror cell. And setting up the setting up a terrorist infrastructure in the village of Bidu, that is in the Binyamin area. During their interrogations, it was found out that the nine worked to plan a terror attack in which they would kidnap an IDF soldiers. The terrorists were also heavily armed, had prepared explosives and devices, and mapped out their escape route. So thank God the Shin Bet has prevented what could have been a terrible terrorist attack slash kidnapping of an IDF soldier north of Jerusalem in the Binyamin region. Thank God for our security forces, folks. Again, a lot of this stuff doesn't make the news right away, and some of it never makes the news, but thank God for our security forces and our soldiers who are on call 24-7 protecting the residents of the state of Israel, and thank God this plan was thwarted. At the same time, reported today by Israel National News, a large force of border police and IDF from the civil administration were sent to the community of, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, uh, Ira Shachar, and they destroyed what is known as an outpost or a, a neighborhood, if you will, Many residents of the surrounding communities arrived at the scene protesting the demolition of the buildings. Um, This is the first eviction in that area 
since the formation of a right-wing government eight months ago, according to a coalition agreement, the evacuation of Jewish buildings in Judea and Samaria would be done under the authority and permission of Finance Minister Bezal Smotrich, who has a special ministry within the defense establishment. Uh, apparently, in this case, it looks like Smotrich was the one who uh, gave the uh, okay to take down these buildings. I don't know all the circumstances here. If you read certain media outlets, they will claim that this was private, so-called private PA land, Arab land, and there's a broad definition as to what that means, exactly how it is private Arab land. I don't know if they've done all their paperwork, dotted their I's and crossed their T's to find out exactly whose land this is. But right now, um, crews were sent in to destroy the buildings there, and people are not happy. Uh, with Minister Smotrich for allowing the demolition of buildings at this community. We will see what happens with that story. Uh, moving on here, JNS reported that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Saturday night slammed the emerging U.S.-Iran deal. Did you hear about this U.S.-Iran deal? Uh, for the release of five U.S. prisoners in exchange for Washington unfreezing billions of dollars in Iranian assets. Israel's position is known, said Netanyahu, arrangements that do not dismantle Iran's nuclear infrastructure, do not stop its nuclear program, and only provide it with funds that go to terrorist elements sponsored by Iran are not acceptable. But nevertheless, the U.S. moving down this path of paying off the Iranians for the release of five U.S. prisoners. After the deal was announced on Thursday, Tehran transferred the American detainees to house arrest and Washington moved to unfreeze. We're talking about $6 billion in sanctioned Iranian funds being held in South Korea. Details of this agreement not confirmed, apparently. But the U.S. and Iran expected to, uh, to finish this deal by the end of September. So here you have more weakness on the part of the Biden administration. This is giving in to the mob, essentially. Rationalizing that if you pay the mafia or bribe them, that's, that's essentially what Iran is, that they will leave you alone. And that's never the case. This is a complete disaster. That's not how it works here in the Middle East. When you show weakness, the enemy seizes upon it. And Israel, of course, can't stand idly by as Iran continues to develop its nuclear weapons program, continues to export terrorism all over the world. Iran, of course, an existential threat to the Jewish state. And... Um, more and more times on this program do we talk about the fact that it looks like Israel will have to go at it alone when it comes to taking out Iran's nuclear capabilities. Time will tell, but just another step, another step, another sign of weakness from the Biden administration paying off the Iranians, paying them off and getting what in return exactly. That's really the bottom line.
Saudi Arabia, of course, also part of this whole story. JNS reported um, the other day that on, it's actually on Saturday, that Saudi Arabia appointed its first ever non-resident envoy to the Palestinian Authority, who will double as a consul general to Jerusalem. Uh, Nayef El Sudiari, who's currently the Saudi Arabian ambassador to Jordan, presented his credentials to PA Chief Mahmoud Abbas's diplomatic advisor during a meeting in Ramallah over the weekend. This important step will strengthen the strong relations that bind our two, our two brotherly peoples, said the new ambassador. I guess we'll call him an ambassador to the PA. So, you know, on the surface, this looks like a terrible a terrible thing which, is, which has happened. But perhaps the Saudis are throwing the PA a bone as they head towards normalization with Israel. And we will have to ask Dan Diker about this one. If you didn't listen to that show, that was two weeks ago about the whole Saudi-Israeli normalization, potential normalization agreement. On one hand, um, you have Saudi Arabia apparently reaching out to the PA. On the other hand, Again, just to be clear, perhaps that looks like a bad thing for Israel. But on the other hand, if the Saudis want better ties with the corrupt PA, perhaps they are just hedging their bets, so to speak, in order to calm down the PA towards a normalization deal with Israel. Perhaps, of course. I don't know which one it is. I don't know if it's Saudi Arabia really cozying up to the PA or if it's Saudi Arabia throwing them a bone because we are headed towards a normalization deal. Could be one or the other. We've got to bring on Diker to talk about that. Dan Diker from the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs. I have to ask him which one it is out of those two. But it's all related here. Everything that goes on, Iran, the U.S., Saudi Arabia, Israel behind the scenes, everything that goes on, it's all related throughout the Middle East here. And time will tell. Um, as everyone is doing something, whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing, and in the case of the Biden administration, the wrong thing when it comes to Iran, the Saudis, UAE, everyone is doing something trying to keep themselves safe as Iran heads towards nuclear weapons. And that's what they're all doing in the Middle East. And Israel, of course, behind the scenes. We don't know exactly what's going on, but hopefully preparing for preparing for the worst, because that's really what we need to do. So that's what, that's the case here. Um, we, I believe we brought up this story. I believe we brought up this story last week. If not, let me just refresh. There were a group of Jews, shepherds, who were attacked by a group of Arabs Last Saturday, we must have spoken about it last Monday, but last Saturday, a group of Jews attacked by a group of Arabs. One of the Jews had his skull smashed in and was forced to use his weapon and shot, and one of the Arabs was killed. Yechiel Indor, he's the name of one of the Jewish shepherds who was involved here. He was released from Shari Tzedek Medical Center on Sunday yesterday, according to Israel National News. More than a week after he was seriously injured during a violent attempted murder attack by a mob of Arabs near the village of, of Burqa, Indor was, 
Again, he was released from the medical center, but immediately taken into police custody from the hospital for the death of a 19-year-old rioter, which allegedly occurred during the incident. On Friday, the Jerusalem Magistrate Court approved the extension of indoors detention by five days. However, a review of new materials shows that the reasonable suspicion in the respondent's case has strengthened to a certain extent, and that justified him uh, being detained for an additional period of time, the judge wrote. As I just said before, Indor was struck in the head and seriously injured by a large rock thrown at him by Arabs during the incident. The police representative also said Indor admits that he used the weapon, denies that he fired directly, claims he shot into the air. So again, Arabs and Jews scuffling and... Without any type of evidence, the State Department, the U.S. State Department referred to this as a terrorist attack. And more and more, the further this goes, to me at least, it looks more and more like Jews came under attack. This individual had his head smashed in and had to fire in self-defense. That is what I predict will ultimately be revealed, but but temporarily at least. Um, he is still in detention, under police detention, until the investigation continues. The facts have not been confirmed, but I'm curious to know if, in fact, it is revealed that the shooting was in self-defense, will the State Department and all the others who condemned Jews for what looks like, what looks to me like they were defending themselves. It was a life or death situation. Will they apologize? I doubt it. I mean, we'll have to wait and see until the investigation concludes, but I highly doubt if they're exonerated, the Jews, for using force. I doubt anyone will apologize here. Again, refer they refer to this as a terrorist attack. But the investigation continues. The Jerusalem Post reports, and I guess we'll call this our weekly anti-Semitism report, Jewish Federation of Greater Los Angeles revealed on Saturday that its surveillance of an extremist in Reseda, California, is what led to his apprehension earlier this summer by local police. The Federation, which oversees one of the largest Jewish populations in the U.S., spoke about its role, including concerns about a recent surge in anti-Semitic incidents in the region. In a recent and unsettling turn of events, law enforcement apprehended a man with connections to white supremacist groups in the area. The arrest sent shockwaves through the community, underscoring the increasing threat faced by the Jewish population. The suspect's online activities, meticulously documented by the U.S. Attorney's Office, uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office Central District of California, exposed disturbing elements, including the sharing of images showcasing firearms manufactured using a 3D printer, along with advocating for mass violence against Jews. So here you have in Reseda, California, a man apprehended, perhaps planning to carry out a mass shooting against a Jewish community in the area. And I said it last week, and I'll say it again. The storm is coming, folks, and perhaps it is already here. 
Jew hatred is mainstream in the United States, fo the United States folks, whether it's from celebrities, whether it's from these crazies who are producing 3D uh, printer guns, whether it's from the extreme left wing, and perhaps especially the extreme left wing and the Arabists who don't want Jews around in the U.S. So if you're living outside of Israel, do what you can to protect yourselves, or even more so, come home to Israel. Again, I can't stress that enough. Whatever the reason I say come home, there is no shame in coming home to Israel for safety. Of course, we have our issues here. We also have a state and an army and a fighting chance to truly protect ourselves. And that is certainly not the case in the United States and of certainly, of course, not in Europe. So if you're not yet coming home to Israel, do what you can to protect yourself at home. But if you have the opportunity, uh, I would say come home to Israel. Put your fate up here on stage with the Jewish community here in the state of Israel. That's my, that's my advice. And again, I'm sure I'll get backlash for that. And a lot of people don't like to hear that, but that's, that's my opinion. And that's, uh, that's what I do here on the show. I call it like I see it. And it's frightening that you have all these wackos out there throughout the U S and they are attacking Jews left Left, right, center, whomever they are, a lot to the left, they are attacking the Jewish communities. So do what you can, folks. Come on, come on home. Times of Israel reported yesterday, Prime Minister Netanyahu has pushed off a vacation to the Golan Heights and is instead holding security deliberations at the Kiryan military base in Tel Aviv. As of yesterday, the Prime Minister was set to hold talks with the IDF Chief of Staff, Herzi Halevi, According to Hebrew media reports, the conversation will address security issues and military readiness amid concerns that protests by reserve soldiers who are opposed to the government's judicial overhaul could hurt Israel's preparedness for war. Is that the real reason he canceled his vacation? I don't know, but that is what is being reported in the Hebrew press, that this, these are the items on the agenda, on the docket, if you will, talking about the preparedness of the IDF in lieu of some of those reservists who said they will not show up because they are against the, at least that's the excuse, judicial reform. I'm still of the opinion that people simply are not happy with Prime Minister Netanyahu and are sour grapes because the right wing won fair and square the election which took place in November, so they continue to protest. And I actually read it was a pretty eye-opening article in the Jerusalem Post magazine over the weekend in terms of the funding for these anti-judicial, so-called judicial reform protests. Gives you a real insight of where the money is coming from, money coming from abroad, money coming from local donors, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars protesting um, people have to pay, you know, you have to pay for the speakers, you have to pay for the flags, you have to pay for all this stuff. It's not free, it costs a lot. The advertising, we're talking about big money here. And um, it was an eye-opener as to where all the all this money is coming from. Some from abroad, not all. 
but a significant portion from abroad. Most of it local, according to this uh, expose. But you do have a lot of money coming from abroad to protest the democratically elected government of the state of Israel. Um, We talked about uh, Netanyahu canceling his vacation, wanting to meet with the army brass at the same time. Defense Minister Yoav Gallant yesterday issued, sorry, assured new military draftees. They were talking about the brand new recruits here, August, the August class of new IDF soldiers. He told them that the ongoing societal rift over the government's judicial overhaul legislation has not impacted the recruitment process as top security officials denied they were considering detailing their apparent deteriorating capabilities to the public. So there was a rumor that, uh, well, number one, it's good news that Gallon is telling the new soldiers that it, that it does not seem that the rift is causing people to stop joining the army. And on the other hand, apparently some of those in the leadership positions in the IDF were going to voice their concerns about how the overhaul is potentially affecting uh, the capabilities of the army. So you have two sides here. Gallant said the IDF is the most important thing in the state of Israel, except for the state itself, saying without the IDF we have no right to exist. He uh, spoke at the Bakum, that is the Israel, uh, I guess it's not the recruitment center, I'm not sure how you say that in English, the, it's the place where the soldiers go. It's where they get their uniform and where they get all their, at least their basic equipment before going to their bases. Um, he spoke there, it's in central Israel, and he made his comments there in order to try to uplift the uh the soldiers there who are joining in the 2023 August class of new recruits to the Israel Defense Forces. Israel Hayom reported yesterday that more than 200 Israelis and Ethiopian Jews were rescued from war-torn northern Ethiopia on Thursday afternoon amid ongoing violence. The Prime Minister's office and the Foreign Ministry announced in Jerusalem in a joint statement A total of 174 Israeli citizens and Jews eligible for Aliyah visas were evacuated on three planes from the besieged city of Gondor, while 30 others were rescued from the city of Bahir Dar. So you have this violence taking place in Ethiopia, and Israel sending in three rescue flights in collaboration with the Jewish Agency for Israel with volunteers. And Major General in the Reserves, Doron Almog, praised all those involved in Thursday's courageous operation. Israel, once again, traveling, whether it's to the Ukrainian border, Ethiopia, or where, where, have, it, where have you. I remember Israeli planes being sent all the way to South America to pick up Israelis stranded in the midst of the uh, corona or leading up to the corona lockdown. But that's what we do, folks. Israel takes care of Jews all over the world sending planes wherever needed. And we do plenty for non-Jews and non-Israelis as well. Don't get me wrong. And Africa is a perfect example of that. But uh, Israel saving here or rescuing 174 Israeli citizens and a total of more than 200 Israelis and Ethiopian Jews with war uh, and violence taking place in that country.
And let's finish here on some more positive news. Israeli para swimmer Ami Dadon here reported by Israel 21C clinched four gold medals at the Allianz para swimming world championships in Manchester last week. Uh, I think it's Dadaon. Maybe that's how it's pronounced. Ami Dadaon came in first place in the men's 200 freestyle. Finishing the race in just under 2 minutes and 52 seconds. He had already won gold in the 150 individual medley and the 50 meter freestyle and the 100 freestyle where he broke the world record with a time of 1 minute and 18 seconds. So congratulations. Overall, Israeli athletes won 8 medals at the World Paralympic Swimming Championships which uh, finished last week. So congratulations to Dadaon and all the Paralympic swimmers, or the para-swimmers, I should say. It's not the Olympics, but it's the World Championships in Manchester last week. Congratulations to them all. We are extremely proud of you, um, our fellow Israelis who are doing amazing in the world of sports. Uh, that's going to do it for today. Josh Hastin here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Get in touch with me during the week. Josh at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Shout out to Benjamin Bresky, engineer extraordinaire, Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes here at the Land of Israel Network. Uh, please, God, this heat wave will subside in the days ahead. Again, terrible that an Israeli soldier um, passed away as a result of apparently as a result of the heat last night in a drill in southern Israel. So hoping for only good things. Have a great week, everyone, from Jerusalem. Only good news, please, God. Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Have a great week, everyone. The Land of Israel Network is your connection to Israel and the Jewish world. Listen to our show hosts, Ari Abramowitz, Jeremy Gimpel, Eve Harrow, Josh Haston, Mike Foyer, Yishai Fleischer, and more. Keeping you up to date on news, politics, and spirituality. That's the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Broadcasting the truth and beauty of Israel to the world.